Hey, what's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Breaking It Down. My name is Chris Mariboli, and I'm here with Dr. Sherry. What's going on today? Oh, lots going on today. I think we're going to be talking about concussion and head injuries. And speaking of that, current event for you, uh, I don't know if you heard, this was announced about 10 minutes ago as we're recording this, Uh, Daniel Cormier versus Derek Lewis, UFC 230. Wow, no, I didn't hear about that at all. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm surprised, I have to tell you. Derek Lewis, who fought two nights ago, two or three nights ago, has just been announced for another fight at a huge event, main event, less than a month from now. I want to know your take. Is that safe? How? What's the protocol for that? Is, isn't there a certain amount of time after a fight that you're supposed to be not fighting? So it's really up to the ringside physicians um, because there's no federal law governing uh, medical conditions in, uh, or regulations in, in mixed martial arts. Um, only proposals by organizations like the Association of Boxing Commissions, the uh, ACSC, and the ARP, um, they're guidelines. They're not uh, regulatory. So, so they don't have to, you don't have to hold to these guidelines. No, you don't have to hold to these uh, guidelines, but the norm for somebody who's had a TKO is a minimum of 30 days. The norm for a knockout is a minimum of 60 days. Um, Some uh, commissions like the New York Athletic Commission, the New Jersey Athletic Commission have a mandatory rest period that's either seven to 10 days. Um, In somebody who's sustained, as Derek Lewis did, subconcussive blows and multiple subconcussive blows, I mean, it was a enormously exciting fight because, you know, he was really losing. His body was being beaten up. He was getting head kicks. He was getting killed. Yeah, he was getting, uh, you know, uh, head blows consistently. Um, And those are big people with a lot of force, especially when you're turning into it. Um, You worry about, obviously, concussion, and you worry about subconcussive blows. Um, So subconcussive meaning that there are no clinical findings. Um, And so to allow somebody to fight... Before that uh, time period, a minimum of 30 days, I think, uh, is something that I wouldn't have done if I were a ringside physician. Yeah, that, that's crazy. Now, Derek Lewis is 33 years old. D- does his age play into that at all? If, if he were 23, would it be a different story? Um, it depends. So the, that's a really good question. So the older you are and the more time you've spent sparring or in your profession, um, then you have an increased risk because there's probably an increased risk of, um, you know, of injury prior, whether diagnosed or not diagnosed. And the other thing is too that as we age, unfortunately, um, there are changes, natural changes in the brain um, that occur. So at 33, probably not so much as 40 or 50, but it's something to worry about as well. Right. Right. So now. I want to put you in that position. If you're the ringside, um, the the ringside doctor there, and you you give this, I, I want a minimum thirty days rest because you had a rough fight. Um, that was in Vegas. This fight's going to be in New York. Can your medical opinion be overwritten in New York? Like, I'm I'm not really sure what you're asking. So, if you say in Vegas, if, if the Nevada Commission says he needs a thirty day rest. Yeah, usually the, each commission honors the okay. recommendation of the commission that is doing the suspension. Okay, yeah. interesting. All right, that's good to know. Yeah, I wanted to start with that current event because it does kind of lead into what we're talking to, uh, which is concussion today. And I wanted to lead off with, you You were telling me in private, um, there's, a, there's a difference between concussion and CTE. 
Yes. And I was unaware of that. Yeah, so CTE should be, yeah, absolutely. So CTE should be um, and will be a topic of a completely different podcast. But basically, chronic traumatic encephalopathy is a pathologic diagnosis. It's a diagnosis that's made post-mortem. It's a finding. It's used somewhat loosely um, in the media now. Uh, because of the um, findings with Mike Webster that occurred in, you know, or started with the findings of Amalo with Mike Webster's autopsy um, in 2002, I believe. Um, and there was a question as to whether or not multiple concussions um, actually can lead to the problem of chronic traumatic encephalopathy. And the media hype has kind of implied that that's the case. Um, some of the science has gotten, the, or the media has gotten ahead of the actual science, and to date, there's no direct link uh, between the two. It, and if there is a direct link, it's probably a subdivision of people who go on to progress. doesn't necessarily mean that you, if you have multiple pro, uh, concussions that you are going to progress to this problem. Um, and the question is equally interesting to me is, what is protective in the myriad of people who don't progress is as equally an important um, um, question to be answered, maybe a more important question to be answered. Right. So that would be what makes some people get it and, and some people not. That's correct. And what are the risk factors, you know, or, or the promoting factors? There are some evidence to suggest, for example, that uh, uh, steroids or um, performance-enhancing drugs or opioids may in fact be um, something that will uh, promote this problem. Oh, as wow. Well. Oh, so is that almost like a, well, I guess we don't know the answer, but it, is it like a thinning of the brain layer? Like, how does that? Uh, no, we don't know uh, no the exact okay. answer. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a simple, that's a simplification and, and we can go into the science scientist. in detail. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so something that we were actually talking about with Derek Lewis, uh, subconcussive blows. So right. a concussion that would not be seen as a concussion. So I, th I think if we go back, we need to really define concussion Yeah. Uh, first. Yeah, I, th I think if yeah. we start with that. So the definition of concussion is that it's a temporary change in mental status or, or in brain function, temporary. And it usually presents with symptoms that last seven to 10 days and it resolves. Now, what we're showing now is that um, in time, even though the symptoms go away, it may take longer for the brain to heal. And that, I think, is something that is being looked into uh, more closely at this point. But the key is that it's a clinical diagnosis right now, which means that when you're sent, when, when an athlete is sent for a CT scan or an MRI after um, you know an incident and they're showing symptoms, it's not because they're looking for a concussion. You can't see that. Uh, on a scan. There's no blood test presently for that. Um, we are looking for instead potentially life-threatening bleeds either around the brain like a subdural hematoma or into the brain tissue. And that is a neurosurgical emergency and that's what we are trying to avoid. Well, right. That, that would be bad. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not good. That would be bad. Mm -hmm. No good. Um, so, with that being said, how, how common do you think a concussion is to someone who competes in not just combat sports, but in sports in general? Okay, so again, that's a, it's a good question. Um, I think there was a recent article uh, in the 
um, one of the annals, the American Journal of Medicine, I think, okay. in August of 2017. And I think they say that overall, um, I think there are 44 million children and 170 million Americans who participate in sports. And I think that they estimate that there are reported 3.8 million uh, concussions. Oh, okay. okay. So, so, right? So a fair a fair number. Yeah. Um, of of people do have concussions. And that's reported. That's reported, so, yeah. and the NCAA's actually did a study a while back, and uh, with their with their athletes, and what they found was that forty three percent of collegiate athletes underreport. Right. So the numbers are probably a bit higher. Well, there's incentive to underreport. Absolutely. Right? I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's part of the problem. Um, is there a way to test for yourself? Like I, I don't do combat sports, but I play soccer sometimes. Um, is there a way to test for yourself if you've ever been concussed or if I've, um, if I take a, a fall and I land weird and my head hurts a little bit, should I panic? Like what's the, so if, no, I don't think you should panic. Um, but if you have a headache, if you have nausea, um, if you are dizzy, um, if you have blurred vision, um, if your balance is off, those are things that you might want to consider seeing a physician for. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, I, cause there's so many like, um, what do they call them? Old wives tales about concussions that you learn growing up. So there are, you know, obviously earlier symptoms and signs, right? So we mentioned, so balance problems, reaction time, um, a glazed over look. Sometimes people say there's a doll's eye look. Um, memory can be changed, so anterograde or, or retrograde, so uh, last, lack of memory for the event or okay. prior to the event, and lack of memory after the event. A good example uh, is somebody that was knocked out uh, during sparring that I saw who couldn't remember that he had been divorced, uh, nor could he remember that the dog that was at the gym was his gym, uh, oh, his dog. That's yeah. awkward. Yeah. So... <laughs> Become, made a couple of weird phone calls. Made after a couple that. of <laughs> interesting phone calls after that. Yep. Um, yeah. So, and then there are later um, symptoms, you know, that can occur, like you're talking about, like maybe changes in smell or um, insomnia, which is which is huge. Um, yeah, I was working with uh, one young athlete, and that was something that his parents noticed was that he was fine. He was going back to school. He was having still a little bit of difficulty concentrating. Um, but uh, when you when you talk to him, they noticed that he, he was having difficulty sleeping and he'd never had that problem before. So it was a good pickup on the parents' part. That's extremely interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. So <laughs> elephant in the room. I want to get to these eggs that you brought me here. Oh, Okay. <laughs> What's happening with these eggs? Okay, so when we talk about uh, concussion, right, it's really caused by an acceleration-deceleration. Okay. Okay, or rotational forces. And so each, it doesn't just have to be getting hit? You don't have to necessarily get hit in the head. Okay. So if you are tackled, then you don't hit your head necessarily, but there's a flexion extension. Or if somebody shoves you hard in the chest and you get a whiplash effect, that can cause... Uh, potentially like cause a, concussive. If you're like a heavy metal headbanger. That's a good question. Yeah, you probably could give yourself a concussion. <laughs> yeah. So if you look at these eggs, they're soft-boiled, and you can try this at home if you like. Um, and you boiled eggs. There you go. <laughs> so be careful because they will, yeah. All righty. The shell is obviously considered like the skull. The right. white um, portion of the egg, right, 
is more like the CSF or the cerebral spinal fluid that we talked about in the last cast. Right. Um, and the uh, yolk, which is kind of gelatinous, is more like equivalent to the brain. Okay. So what happens is, is when you accelerate and decelerate, you go forward and then backwards, and you rock that slowly, you can see that the, the, weight shift, so. there's the, the weight shift is right, but the brain is actually moving a little bit slower than the skull, right? Because it's being protected or slowed down by the fluid that it's sitting yeah. in. So I not only are you getting hit in the front of your brain, but also in the back. We call that a coup-contra-coup effect. Okay. Okay? And it's kind of interesting because so, you really are mimicking it. You can feel that yoke, right, or that yeah. brain getting hit forward and backward, right? That's interesting. And a similar thing with rotational issues. Now, each, each um, concussion presents a little bit uniquely, right, because it depends on the forces that um, – hit with you and also the risk factors that you have, which okay. can be age, as we discussed before. Um, it can be gender. It can be your hydration status. Um, obviously, your cardiovascular status, right? If you can't get out of the way of an injury, then whatever. Right. So then you're gonna get injured. right. Multiple concussions are believed to, you know, set you up for another concussion. Okay. So it's uh, almost like that glass draw. Exactly. Right yeah. You beat yeah. me to it. Good, good pickup. <laughs> Took it right out of your Exactly. Mouth yeah. Which is good. Oh, which is actually good. No, you don't want to lose that. Right. So I think it's getting to that time of the show where uh, quote of the day I did not bring one. Did you bring one? No, I didn't bring one, but I have one for you. you. Have one. Right, I cool. always have one. Awesome. Yep. Uh, how's this one? I used to think that the brain was the most wonderful organ in the body. Then I realized who was telling you this. Emo Phillips. Emo Phillips. Do you know I who that know is? I don't know if I know Emo Phillips. Let me see. Oh, no. Not Emo another, not another what is reference. Year is this from? Uh, <laughs> I think he started his career in 1976 and is still going. Emo Phillips. Oh, I know this guy. Oh, good. <laughs> Finally, a reference you know. I don't know where I know him from. He's got weird hair, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, that's your quote of the day, everybody. Emo Phillips. Go Look at him. He's still touring. Uh, he's not in a wheelchair. <laughs> so I've always been interested in why woodpeckers don't get concussions. And actually, this question was posed to me first by Dr. Charles Prestigiacomo, who was a former uh, chair of neurosurgery at Rutgers University. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right, so. Um, so it's kind of an interesting question. Um, and that's really b because, you know, if you watch a woodpecker, they actually hit and peck repeatedly at about 1,200 to 1,500 uh, Gs, which is a lot of force, right? Right. Um, but they move in a hinged motion. It's not a flexion extension motion. And in addition, they seem to have like a built-in shock absorber around their necks. Hmm. So it's kind of cool. And that's the reason they, they believe that they don't get concussed, that's despite the repetitive pecking. Yeah. Huh. So it might be interesting. I, and people have worked on trying to develop collars, you know, or, or neck supports that have you know, a similar kind of uh, function for humans, but it's too restrictive so far. In, yeah, it's probably like a neck brace. Yeah, it's kind of like a neck brace. And, and one of the uh, the uh, things that have been marketed or collars that have been marketed uh, actually was causing carotid dissections, so not a good thing. Oh, no, no. No. I don't know what that is, but it sounds terrible. No, no, you don't You don't want to tear <laughs> the main blood vessels to I'll your head. You yeah, it is. It is. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, Dr. Cherry, do you think that there's a lot of like false reporting or overall is the wrong message being peddled when it comes to concussion? I think there's a lot of um, confusion out there, and I think that the information is so complex that it's hard to report necessarily correctly. And we're going to ho- have a whole podcast about, you know, the myths and the kind of scientific uh, backdrop in another uh, podcast, which I think is is really interesting. But some of the myths that are out there are first that once the symptoms go away, you're completely healed. And I think that that's something that you need to address with your your physician. It takes about seven to 10 days for the symptoms to go away, but you might need to be out of play for a little bit longer. And um, the second myth that's huge, which is still prevalent in, in the general medical community, is that you need complete isolation and rest. It used to be thought that, you know, you'd need to be in a dark room with the lights out so that, you know, you don't have photosensitivity, your eyes don't hurt you, you know, to be isolated from your computers and, and you know, the media, not to listen to loud music, all of this to rest your brain. And what they were finding with the, was that the anxiety that, that this was producing was really, really worse. Um, and in fact, there's a group from Buffalo who came up with a return to play protocol where there, it's actually better and has been shown to be better if you have a slow activity rate, so a reduced rate of interaction with, you know, your devices with, yeah, not a complete stop and that it actually speeds healing. Huh. So that's, it's that's like weaning yourself off. That's interesting. Yeah, or weaning yourself back, right. actually, right? Um, so I think that that's really uh, important as well. Um, and then the other thing that is really important that I think needs to get out there is that, you know, just because you've had a concussion or maybe a couple of concussions does not mean that you're doomed to develop uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. It does not necessarily mean that, that you're one of those people who will get it. And unfortunately, you know, there's been some some issues with this in the past. I believe it was uh, Mr. Ewens, right, from the NFL, who thought he had the symptoms of chronic traumatic encephalopathy and ended up committing suicide. Um, And that autopsy did not have any of the findings of CTE. Yeah, that's terrible. Mm -hmm. That's a a truly sad thing. I mean, yeah, with the myths that are out there, the kind of, because it is a confusing topic and it is a very in-depth topic, there's a lot of hysteria, maybe is a good word, around it. Um, and yeah, I look forward to hearing more about this okay. in future episodes. But this has been Breaking It Down. I believe we're up to episode seven. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. This is Dr. Sherry. Until next time, live each day with passion, compassion, and introspection. <laughs>